What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Spread, Nesson.com's football picks podcast. I'm Ricky Doyle, joined by Andre Cacciatore, and we are once again without Mike Cole this week, who is embarking on the wonderful journey that is fatherhood. Uh, but we will do our best to, to keep this program afloat. I think we did a decent job last week, Andre. What do you think? It's felt different, but, you know, life is all about making adjustments, which I'm sure Mike is making in his life with a child. Uh, Teddy Cole. So, you know, I, I, I think we did pretty well. And uh, I, I mean, the, the our picks were pretty decent as well. I mean, uh, I, I wish the I'm, I'm glad that Bucks Washington game was a push for us. It was at eight points. So, um, well, rest, yeah, rest, if you have if you have an NFL team that can go in and win a playoff game without their head coach and uh, one of their best offensive linemen in the, you know, on the COVID list. I think we can uh, keep trucking here with the spread. So uh, we'll, we'll certainly do our best. We're going to go, we'll, we'll break down all four of the divisional round matchups this week. Um, I guess we'll, we'll, you kind of alluded to it already, but we'll look back on what we did last week, how we fared. Yeah. And we'll also have a guest later on. Uh, True. Sam Paniotovich of uh, Nesson betting expert. He'll come on and give his, give us his best bets for the week. Um, give us a little assist here with Mike Cole out. Yeah, um, so ba- basically we can give you our picks and then we'll we'll have Sammy P come in and critique them and tell you how bad they probably are. Yeah, I like I kind of like that a lot because and last week we both of us, Ricky, we went three, two, and one with that push being the Bucks Washington game. Um, we we had the same record, but we got to that destination in very different ways, uh, Ricky. I whiffed on the titans big time i thought that would that would have been a um i thought tennessee was going to upset um baltimore in that game but and especially when they went up 10 nothing in that game i thought oh there's no way baltimore comes back because they're two rushing teams but uh, lamar really proved me wrong there um yeah, tennessee was a team that i know that we we kicked around some super bowl futures towards the end of the, the show last week and i know you were you were pretty high on them yeah, I went. I had the Titans and Bucks meeting in the Super Bowl, and that really got popped real quickly. <laughs> we both nailed the we both nailed the Saints over the Bears. We had a ten point spread when we were picking that game. I know uh, other places had like a twelve point spread, uh, and that that last extra point really could, really changed things. Uh, the when the Jimmy Graham walk off touchdown. If Jimmy Graham needs to finish his career off that unbelievable one handed grab, and Philip Rivers his last career touchdown. If that's that bomb that he threw in that uh bills colts game he could walk off the field knowing that that was a nice looking last touchdown of his career right so all right well we'll get into the picks here but uh i i did want to make note that the the six games for a super wild card weekend was was a lot to take in that's a lot of football to have in one weekend it was but followed by the national championship on monday night i mean whoo it's good. It, what else do we want? We're going to be craving football a month from now. There's going to be nothing. There's going to be some regular season basketball, regular season hockey, but uh, this is what it's all about. I really enjoy it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll start things off with the uh, Saturday. We got another, another weekend of two days. Uh, Saturday, the first matchup that we get is uh, a four thirty-five Eastern time kickoff between the Rams and Packers at Lambeau field. Uh, Packers, by virtue of being the number one seed in the NFC, had a bye last week. The Rams, meanwhile, uh, you know, 
banged up going into that Seahawks game and coming out of it even more banged up, uh, if you can believe that. So some question marks there that they're going to deal with as they travel to Green Bay where the uh, weather looks pretty decent, but looking also like it's going to be cold, uh, high teens, early 20s in the forecast. Um, So we'll see if that plays a factor at all. But the Packers laying six and a half points over under set at 46. Um, Which way are you leaning in this one? First of all, let me start off this pick by saying every week I talk about yards per play differential and how much I value that stat. Well, the top seven teams in yards per play differential are still in the playoffs right now. Rams and Packers, second and third in that category. The Browns are the are 13th in that category, and they're the um, one team that's not in that top seven. But anyway, I like the Rams covering in this game. I, I think they're – I know they're banged up and everything, but that defense did a really good job against Russell Wilson, held them to 174 yards at in Seattle, sacked five times. Again, I think if there was a – the 12th man was actually there in Seattle, maybe that would have been a different game. But here we are again in Lambeau Field. It's going to be empty. Um, I think the lack of crowd is, is, is a factor in these NFL playoffs, and it's going to be a factor in, in, in this week especially – uh, I'll talk about that later in the other games as well. But um, we talk, we're looking at two teams here, Green Bay, number one in time of possession. L.A. is number two in time of possession. These are two teams um, that really eat the clock. And, and I think this game in particular really, really favors the Rams to dominate time of possession because of the fact that um, because of the Rams defense, They're, they allow 3.8 yards per carry, which is third in the NFL. So I don't see Green Bay really establishing any type of run. Rams have the best expected points contributed by a rush defense. Um, and on the other side of the ball, Green Bay, their rush defense is 23rd in expected points contributed by a rush defense. So I think LA is going to have an easier time running the ball, especially in the cold weather. They'll eat the clock and they'll keep this within the number. I don't know if they win, but that's, a, what is that, six-point number, six-and-a-half points. I'm going to take the Rams. Yeah, I don't, you see, I still have questions about that Rams offense. And, you know, they – you know, last week going into that game against Seattle, I mean, the, they obviously had to lean on that defense a lot. Defense came up with the, you know, at the pick six. Uh, Seattle in that game, two for 14 on third downs. Um, so, I, you know, I just think that Green Bay offensively is, it poses a much different, you know, much different test, obviously. I mean, we're talking about arguably the best, uh, best offense in the NFL, number one in EPA per play. Um, fewest giveaways, so I don't think that, you know, I don't think the splash play is going to be there like it was last week for the Rams defense. Uh, Packers, meanwhile, also best best third down conversion percentage in the NFL. So I mentioned the Seahawks problems that two for 14. They're also they were 27th going into that game. So uh, I, I think that Green Bay is going to be able to to extend some drives here against that defense. Um, and, you know, I just you look at the personnel on the on the Rams side. Sure, you got Jalen Ramsey to sort of neutralize Devontae Adams a little bit, but I don't think you're going to be able to completely take him away. Um, we mentioned how banged up the Rams are. Aaron Donald dealing with the uh, got some torn rib cartilage, it sounds like. So that doesn't sound pleasant. I don't know how he's going to be. Sounds like he's going to push through, but, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a factor in this one. But I think more importantly, when it comes to the injury front is I'm just not sure what you're going to get from the quarterback position if you're the Rams. I mean, Jared Goff came in after John Walford went down last, last week. Um, that thumb the, the thumb surgery was obviously prohibitive in that completing less than 50% of his passes. Only three QBs since 2010 have completed less than 50% of their passes and won a playoff game. He joined Tom Brady and Tim Tebow. Pretty interesting company. Um, 
you know, Cooper Cup's banged up. He's got a little bit of a knee problem. So I just, I feel like the Rams offense is trending in one direction. And meanwhile, the, the Packers defense has been pretty good. I mean, I know like the offense is that team's bread and butter, but I mean, it, it's six, won their final six regular season games, held four of their final uh, five opponents of 16 points or fewer. Uh, number five defense in terms of EPA per play in that stretch. So I don't know. Uh, ultimately, I think that everything's sort of clicking for Green Bay, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and sure, you mentioned the ability to take away the that rushing attack, but let's not overlook the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing better than probably anybody on the planet right now. And the fact that this is only a six and a half point spread, like I, I could see the Rams keeping this close, like throughout, you know, turning it into a little bit of a rock fight. I actually, I like the under, uh, but then I could see like Green Bay pulling away late, getting the late score here and ultimately uh, covering that spread. Yeah. I, 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 for me, it just goes back to the Rams being able to control the pace of the game by running the ball, keeping the ball away from Aaron Rodgers' hands. And, and again, the Rams pass defense is number one in the league in terms of yards allowed for pass attempts. So they, they can sure, sure as well, uh, limit Rodgers as well. I, I, again, I don't know who wins this game. I don't know if the Rams win it, but I can absolutely see them keeping this within that number. I think the one thing, the one sort of unknown in this game is how much that David Bakhtiari injury hurts that Green Bay offensive line. Cause I, I mean that. I feel like you talk about a David Bakhtiari injury every like two or three weeks. Yeah, this, this is true. But I mean, <laughs> we're, that, that offensive line for the bulk of this season is probably been the best offensive line in the NFL. I mean, I think you made a case for Cleveland probably as well. Um, but, you know, if you get some, you start to get some moving parts there with Aaron Donald coming to town, that could be a little bit of a problem. So maybe that's how the Rams keep this close. But I, again, I think that, you know, the Jared Goff factor, that thumb in the, in the cold weather. I mean, this is kind of an interesting note from ESPN uh, in cold weather games, Jared Goff, this is, Defined as below freezing temperatures, uh, 34 for 72, 381 yards, no touchdowns, five interceptions, 64.5 passer rating. So he's had some struggles in the cold. Can't imagine it's going to feel good with the thumb. So um, it's gonna, I just think it's going to be tough for the Rams to score points. I don't, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't think golf's going to be a factor regardless. I think that it's going to – Rams have to be very run-centric. But let's move on to the – Saturday night game now, which is uh, an AFC showdown, correct? It is. Uh, so you get the, you know, the one and one. Uh, we flip over to the AFC for an eight fifteen start in Orchard Park. The uh, the Baltimore Ravens traveling to face the Buffalo Bills. Ravens, as we touched on earlier, coming off that win over the Titans, uh, as slight favorites in that. They were slight road favorites in that game. Uh, the Bills, meanwhile, coming off a a game in which they squeaked by the Indianapolis Colts uh, looked for a little bit like they were going to pull away, but for whatever reason, it just, it continued to uh, the Colts just, they continued to hang around and ultimately kept it within the number. Uh, this one, as of right now, as of this recording on Tuesday, the bills favorite by two points over under at 50. So expecting a little bit of a track meet here might get some snow for this one. Uh, snow showers in the forecast low around you know, 28 degrees. So, Maybe that factors into this. Uh, I don't know. These are two teams that are coming in scorching hot right now for the most part. Yeah, I think the weather will, will play a factor for if, if there is weather. 
it's going to be more advantageous for the better running team, which is obviously Baltimore. Uh, when we look at both teams' rush defenses, they both allow 4.6 yards per carry, seventh, tied for seventh worst in the NFL. Um, but interestingly, Baltimore has a positive expected points contributed by rush defense on pro football reference. Buffalo ranks 29th. Their rush defense, again, I guess the advanced metrics don't like them. And that, who does that favor? That favors Baltimore, who run the ball more than any other team, and they do better than any other team. Uh, the Bills also allow the seventh most yards per carry to quarterbacks this season, 5.2 yards per carry to quarterbacks. That's, that doesn't bode well when you're going up against Lamar Jackson's. Uh, the only problem that the only thing that scares me is Lamar Jackson's turnover issues. Um, and against the Bills, that could be a factor. You give Josh Allen a short field, you know, that that'll hurt uh, Buffalo. But props to the Ravens' rush defense. They held Derrick Henry to just 40 rushing yards. And also that pass defense, elite, uh, second best in the league in terms of yards per pass attempt. I think they can mitigate Josh Allen. I think they can uh, run all over the Bills, especially if there's weather. I think Buffalo's run is coming to an end, Ricky. And what do you think? Yeah, this uh, – the Ravens look like the Ravens again. You know, like they went through that stretch earlier in the season, that that rough patch where you started to question whether this was a legitimate contender. Uh, then they, they had that win over Cleveland on Monday night, uh, the, the Lamar Jackson poop game. Uh, yeah. it, and that felt like a turning point, like even in the moment. Like it just felt like – you pull out that type of win, you build a little momentum. They had a, a very easy schedule down the stretch, which to their credit, they, they beat up on all the teams they needed to beat up on came in with the full head of steam and then took advantage of a vulnerable Titans defense last week. So they've done everything that they've needed to do. Um, and I think for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, I think they're fully capable of going into Buffalo and winning this game. Um, and it is, it's that, that rushing attack against the Bills run defense. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a lot of the numbers there and, and how Buffalo has struggled in that area. The Ravens, like I said, they look like the Ravens are averaging 262.2 rushing yards per game during their six game winning streak. Um, they're covering in a good clip, 7-0 against the spread in their last seven games. Uh, I like the fact that they're an underdog. They're 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 games as underdogs. Um, you know, the Bills losing Zach Moss. I mean, that, that hurts their, they're obviously not known for their rushing attack as it is, but that's, you know, that's another issue that they got to deal with on their offensive side. So I just think that, you know, this sort of is a good matchup for Baltimore. I think they just think that, you know, for all, you know, they're going to be able to do what they want to do offensively in terms of running the ball. And then defensively, I mean, as good as Josh Allen has been, you know, they have the, they have the secondary, they have the secondary, they get after the quarterback, they force turnovers Ravens, number one, an explosive pass rate against according to shop football. Um, they're number two in opponent third down conversion percentage. So I think they're going to be able to get off the field. Um, and they've and probably more importantly than anything else, the Ravens are healthier than they've been in a while. Yeah. You know, they get Jimmy Smith back, uh, Yannick and Gakwe returned during the wild card game. So, you know, this is a team that's sort of peaking at the right time. Um, and I think they keep it rolling this week. And I, I didn't even get the, to touch on uh, Mark Andrews and how much of a factor he could be in this game. Because, I mean, we saw in that game against Indianapolis, Buffalo was just sliced and diced by tight ends. I mean, 14 catches for 136 yards with a touchdown. It's been a problem all season. Bills have allowed the most receptions and second most receiving yards to tight ends. Um, good, very good stat. So in addition to, 
that rushing attack and the problems that Lamar Jackson could obviously cause by, you know, beating him with his legs. If you set up play action there and you start to rely on Andrews and those tight ends and uh, that could be a problem. So, yeah, I, I think that, I think the Ravens go into Buffalo and I think they win this outright. I like it. I really like it. I also going to put my tinfoil hat on. I think the NFL kind of maybe wants that Jackson versus Mahomes AFC championship. The luster of that will be magnificent. So maybe the referees help out the Ravens a little bit in this one. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, so I, speaking of which I, I imagine that you're on the chiefs then in this next matchup, but <laughs> Well, uh, Cleveland traveling to Kansas City. Uh, we touched on it earlier. The Browns went into that game against the Steelers last week. Uh, didn't have their head coach. Uh, just really been dealing with more COVID issues than really anybody in the NFL. Uh, the deck was stacked against them. They came out, punched the Steelers in the mouth early, ended up hanging on late. Uh, now they travel to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs, who are 10-point favorites. Uh, big spread in this one, reminiscent of last week when there were some decent sized spreads. Over under set uh, at 56. This is a, a Sunday game, 305 kick. Weather doesn't look like it'll be much of a factor. It looks like it's going to be like low 40s, maybe drop into the high 20s throughout the course of the game, but no uh, no precipitation to speak of at this at this time. So um, this will be a straight up game, and uh, it's a, a team that's riding high after its first playoff win since. 1995 going up against the Super Bowl champions. Uh, yeah. Interesting matchup. Which, so I, I know you. Uh, I know you get your tinfoil hat out that says the Chiefs will end up in the AFC Championship game. But do you think they'll cover in route? No, go? I never said that. I just said it might be a factor. <laughs> I I'm actually taking the points in this one, and I'm I'm I would even go as far as say the Browns are going to win this game. I had you know I, I earlier when I was looking at this game, I'm like he's 100% going to be all over the Browns in this one. Yeah, I mean. It's it's just I I'm not a, I'm never a fan when a team clinches their bye week and they rest their players their starters in week 17 of a game because that means they they have the wild card week off as a bye week as well that means their players aren't playing for three straight weeks it's that's that's a long time like and you have meanwhile you have the Browns who are coming off back to back wins against their biggest rival uh, the Steelers. And they're all fired up now. They're, they have a full head of steam. And you said it. You said it. They kicked Pittsburgh in the mouth in that first quarter, up twenty-eight to nothing. Chiefs I said they punched them in the mouth, but if they threw some kicks in there as well. You said punch. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I think they kicked them in the mouth. Kick and punch. Sweet chin music. And but you look at it. The Chiefs might be a little rusty coming in this one. And we saw the the same thing happen to the Ravens last season. They rested their starters week 17. They had a bye week in the wild card round. And all of a sudden they fell behind quickly against the Titans in the divisional round last season. And they ended up losing. I think the similar thing happens this year where this, this chiefs team, they, they start off rusty and the Browns have already shown they can kick and punch opponents in the <laughs> mouth. And again, with the chiefs biggest weakness is their rush defense. So I can absolutely see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt getting um, a lot of touches and succeeding. The chiefs allowed the most receiving yards to uh, running backs this season. So maybe Kareem Hunt gets a little bit of a revenge factor here. He had 38 catches, 304 receiving yards this season. Most receiving touchdowns in the NFL among running backs. Um, Nick Chubb last week had a receiving touchdown. So I can see Baker Mayfield short passes to, to Kareem Hunt, to Nick Chubb and uh, getting up early. And, and, and I talked about the lack of crowds in the COVID era. 
going to be a huge factor at Arrowhead Stadium with a smaller crowd than usual. Uh, I don't think that's the loudness is going to be a factor. We saw we saw uh, the same thing happen in Pittsburgh. Same thing happened in Seattle with no crowds. It was a factor. Uh, we went through in the last few years. We would have the number one seed play the number two seed in the NFC and AFC championships seemingly every single year for about three three years. And that's I think a big factor had to do with home crowds in the divisional round being a factor. So I don't see that happening this year. I think the Browns come out in a shootout. They uh, take a big lead on the Chiefs. Chiefs try to come back, but I think the Browns ultimately come away. And for the for the sake of this argument, they definitely keep it within that 10-point number. Well, first of all, I'd like to apologize to the Chiefs because I feel like I was somewhat of a kiss of death for them this season. Um, I think, you know, we can, we can pull the tape, but I know there was a point in the year where I said that they've sort of become the – the Patriots in terms of covering the spread and they've done everything but cover the spread recently. I mean, they're Oh seven and one against the spread in their last eight haven't covered since beating the jets 35 to nine as 19 and a half point favorites on November 1st. I mean, this is a team that was for the you know bulk of last season and the early portion of this season, about as sure a bet as you could get. And all of a sudden it's just, it's completely flipped in the other direction 14 and two straight up in the year, but only six, nine and one against the spread. Uh, they're one and four against the spread in the last five is double digit favorites. Each of the uh, final seven regular season wins coming by six points or fewer. So I'm really just trying to give you some context as to what we're up against here in terms of this, this 10 point spread. Um, and, and I do think to your point, I think Cleveland has sort of the formula that can slow down uh, you know, it, it, to keep the Chiefs' offense off the field potentially, uh, and sort of turn this game into a little bit of a, a little bit of a grind, similar to what we saw last year in the uh, those Titans and Texans postseason games. But I also cannot shake the feeling that this Chiefs team is fully capable of flipping a switch, and that the Browns just won their Super Bowl. Like I, I, I could see this 100% being a letdown spot. Um, you know, sort of riding high now. Everybody's. Uh, starting to question just how high this team can get when you get your head coach back, you get the COVID situation squared away. Um, but I think that ultimately this Browns defense, I mean, have they really, have they really faced an offense like this? I mean, I, I look back to maybe the Titans in week 13 is the closest that you can get. And they won that game, but Tennessee scored 35 points. I mean, week 14, Baltimore gave up 47 to, uh, I'm sorry, Cleveland got 47 to Baltimore. Uh, overall, just defense, 22nd in EPA per dropback, 22nd in coverage on pro football focus, 24th in opposing QBR against, uh, 25th in touchdown passes allowed. I think this is a game where Patrick Mahomes comes out, reasserts himself. We know how good Andy Reid is off the bye as well. Um, I think that, you know, the Browns gave everything they had and everything went uh, everything worked in their favor early in that Pittsburgh game. They still managed to almost give it away late. Um, so I think they get sliced and diced there. I, I think that, you know, I, I think we're reminded this week how good the Chiefs are because it feels to me like a lot of their, you know, second half of the year was them sort of playing around and implementing the running game a little bit more. I think they get back to what makes them so good this week. I, I, I just think that 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 extra bye week, that, it's going to hurt them in that first half of that game. And that's just enough for the Browns to cover. See, I, and I think, I think you might be right. I think you early on, you might see the Browns come out and they might jump out to an early lead, but 
I think the Chiefs can still throw their way back into it and cover that number. I mean, yeah, we started with the, the Texans year. and Titans last year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what the lead has to get up to for me to, to feel uncomfortable about the Chiefs coming back and covering that spread. All right. Well, let's move on to the final game of the weekend. Uh, the oldest quarterback matchup ever. Drew wow. Brees, Tom Brady, the trilogy of the, from this season. Tampa Bay is a three-point underdog going to the Superdome, which will also be empty. Uh, or what is it? Limited attendance there in New Orleans? I don't know. It's but, hard to keep track at this point. Yeah. It, it won't be as loud as it usually is. There. We do know that weather will not be a factor, though. Weather will and not be a factor. be at a premium as a result. Uh, 640 kickoff for this one. Should note that the Saints dominated the regular season series, uh, winning 34 to 23 in the season opener. Uh, and then the big one, that 38 to three win in Tampa Bay in week nine. I think it's safe to say these two teams have, have reached a, it, they're different teams than they were in either of those matchups though. Um, does that sway you one way or the other here? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, uh, I also think whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. So this is the Super Bowl. Okay. You have to watch the rest of the season because whoever wins this game, is going to be the champion. They should just bring the Lombardi trophy out. Um, but I'm going to take the... That was a good plug for our uh, episode next week, then. Don't even bother tuning in. <laughs> You're a real salesman, Andre. <laughs> I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points in this one. I First of all, I think it's very difficult for a team to sweep a, a season series, I guess, three times against one team. Um, the Saints did dominate Tampa Bay twice in the regular season, but that was a different time. And Bruce Arians talked about that uh, on Monday, actually. It's mostly been the turnovers. Uh, turnover margin has been lopsided in their favor. We've got to protect the football uh, much better and, uh, and stay balanced. You know, the game here, we left the running game early, uh, but just stay balanced and not turn the ball over. Yeah, so obviously Tampa Bay – uh, turned over the ball a ton in those two games, and and I don't think that's going to be an issue. Tom Brady, uh, since that uh, since that two game losing streak they had against the Rams and Chiefs, Tom Brady fourteen touchdowns, one interception. I get it was against bad competition, but I do think this Tampa Bay team, it took them a long time to just kind of gel and get together, and that they played they played New Orleans in Week One, which I'm completely tossing out because that was that was a first game for Tampa uh, for Tom Brady in in the Bucks uniform, and that was without any preseason, without any reps, without any acclimation to his new teammates. And then even week nine in October, that was that seemed like such a long time ago. What were you doing in October? I don't remember what I was doing in October. It's January now. It's three months ago. So I think the, a lot has changed since then. Both of these teams' elite rush defenses. But one thing that's really changed for Tampa Bay is Antonio Brown. He's become such a significant target for, for uh, Tampa Bay since these uh, last two – since the first time – since the second time these two teams met, that was Brown's first game. He only had three catches. Since then, he had 45 catches to finish the season. And then he had he's had a touchdown in each of his last four games, five touchdowns overall in the last four games. And Tampa Bay averaging at least 30 points in each of those last four games. And that Washington defense, we talked about last week, elite defense. And they were able to uh, put 31 points against them. And I think a huge factor in this one, which I haven't talked about yet, is Trey Hendrickson's status. The guy... He had the highest pro football focus grade on defense for the Saints when they played in week nine. He had two sacks, four hurries, and seven pressures. He might not even play. He has a neck injury. So I think that's a big factor in this one. Yeah, and meanwhile, on the flip side, you know, if you're the Tampa Bay defense, they're getting back arguably their best defensive player in Devin White this week. And I think that 
I think it's a factor, particularly when you look at how the Saints operate offensively. I mean, obviously you look to get the ball to Alvin Kamara in space, um, throw those sort of intermediate passes with Drew Brees, unable to throw the deep ball like he used to. So you have that, you know, that extra depth, the second level. I think that, I think that plays a huge role this week. Um, I think that offense, the Tampa Bay offense, as you mentioned, is clicking. Um, they sort of found the formula there with Antonio Brown being a little bit more of a focal point. Uh, this was interesting over the last three games, Brady's averaging 145.7 passing yards off play action, which is more than twice his average prior to that. Um, so they, you know, they are, they're establishing the run, able to uh, take some shots off of that. You mentioned the factor about beating a team three times in a season. It's never happened to Tom Brady. So there's, you know, there's, there's history there where um, it's just, it's, it's a tough thing to imagine. Um, I, I do think, yeah, good No, go ahead. You, you I was just going to say that week one game, like, can we just throw that out the, like, window as well? Like, it was so long ago. Might as well have been last year. Yeah, and, and I think there's still something about the Saints offense, too, that it just – it doesn't feel right. I mean, like, it, it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of rhythm there. Um, so this is – you know, if the Saints win this game, it's going to be because of the defensive depth and the fact that they can go two, three deep at really every position on the defensive side. But I just think the way that that Tampa Bay offense is operating right now, um, the fact that I am getting points, um, if we're going to turn this into a quarterback matchup, I, I trust the guy in Tampa Bay a little bit more than I trust the guy in New Orleans at the end of the day. So I'm with you, Andre. I'll take the points. Um but I think that this this might come down to the final possession. I think this has the potential to be the best game of the weekend. Yeah, I I am highly acqui- acquiesced with your assessment. <laughs> well, I appreciate I was say, that. Um, Mike Cole is who's our best friend and also co-host. He said for record keeping purposes, he gave his picks last week and he didn't do so well. He went 0-5 and one. He picked the Bills, Seahawks, uh, Titans, Bears, and Steelers, and none of those teams covered. So maybe it's a good. Yeah, he might just want to lay low this week and look past the record keeping. We're, we're way past the record keeping anyways. But we do have a guest now to, to sort of put our picks in, uh, in check, as we mentioned earlier. We're going to bring in Nesson's betting analyst, Sam Padiatovich, a.k.a. Sammy P. Uh, I will probably botch your name for the next five to ten years, but uh, <laughs> so we'll stick with Sammy P for the time being. Uh, I, I know that you were all over the national championship game on Monday night. So I got to, I got to tip my cap there. Um, but I'm not sure how you did this past weekend. And from an NFL standpoint, we were, we ran hot and cold throughout the weekend. So records are important to me, Ricky, unlike you. So I do keep the yeah, record. I, out. <laughs> in fact, I actually went 0 two in the NFL. I had the football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneer under 45. I thought Alex Smith was playing. So the handicap was that Alex Smith is going to just check down all afternoon and evening. And when Tyler Heineke came in, that sort of blew up the narrative there. And then one of the worst picks I've ever made had the Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans over. It was 54 and they landed on 33. So that was not great, but you have Alabama last night. You look at your wins, you look at your losses, pretty good start on Nesson.com slash odds. 11 and four. I'll take it. I mean, it's not going to stay that hot forever, but I actually, I came to you guys with two more important stats. Uh, number one, number one seeds since 2007 in this round, the divisional round after the buy. Number one seeds against the spread are 9, 17, and two. 
going back to 2007. So potentially looking at the Rams or the Cleveland Browns, because a lot of times those number one seeds, like Andre just said, come out a little bit rusty and it takes them maybe the full four quarters to get everything rolling. The second stat comes from Fred Nutter. The oldest quarterback in the AFC is Baker Mayfield at 25 years old. Of the four quarterbacks remaining, Baker Mayfield is the senior citizen at 25. And in the NFC, Jared Goff is the only quarterback left under 37. Isn't that incredible? That is that is wild. And the fact that the most wild part to me is the Baker part. Like the fact that being 25 and he's the oldest in the AFC. I mean, that is bananas. <laughs> I have a question for you, Sam. You said the 9-17-2 stat against the spread. How much do you think when you see a stat like that, you think, okay, it's going to actually regress to the mean, and rather than looking at that 9-17-2 trend and bet against whatever that thing is, you go the reverse way because, you know, these odds are me meant to be made to be 50-50 at the end of the day against the spread odds. So, like, in the long run, it's going to even out to 50-50. So how often do you look at a – like a – a record like that and go the other way or do you even pay good attention question. to it at all? yeah it's, it's a very good question i would never just blindly make a pick or a bet based on a trend a trend can take you to a bet or it can take you off a bet but you are right at the end of the day when a trend is 9 17 and 2 eventually there's that regression that over time will seep in but remember you know 9 17 and 2 that's 28 that's a very small sample size so it could continue uh to stay hot here but if you look at one of the matchups with a number one seed, you're looking at some movement, respected money on the LA Rams again. And this happened last week when they took the four, they took three and a half, it closed at three. And a lot of guys in the market told me it didn't matter if it was Goff or Wofford. It wasn't about the quarterback. It's about the Rams running attack. It's about their coaching. And most importantly, it's about their defense. And they have, I think, the best player in the world and Aaron Donald. I know Mahomes gets a lot of accolades, but the dominance from Aaron Donald against the run, against the pass, he is taking on sometimes two or three offensive linemen and pushing them all over the field. So it's tough to move the football when you have 99 with Los Angeles, Aaron Donald mucking everything up. And then if there's one player that could at least challenge Devontae Adams, I'm not saying stop him or hinder him, it's Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback for Los Angeles. Very good. So that one-two punch has won the Rams a lot of football games this year. And as you look at the betting boards, the Packers opened up minus seven at home. You're starting to see a lot of six and a half across the board at a lot of these books. And I don't think it's going to go back the other way. There will be more public money on the Packers as the week continues, but there will be sharp money that's going to hold that Ram line. I don't think it's going to be out of the question that this thing closes maybe six maybe even five and a half because respected money is showing up on the LA Rams. Uh, I'm very happy to hear that because I picked the Rams before you got here and Ricky picked the Packers. You had a little bit of a quarrel, but thank you for settling that. It was well, it doesn't mean that the Rams are going to cover. I'm just saying like the, hey. the money in the market, there will be more tickets on the Packers. And I feel there very confident more, though. There will be more cash on the Rams, more tickets, meaning more, more bets on the Packers. Uh, but bigger money coming in on the Rams. It doesn't mean that the Rams are going to cover, uh, but those are the facts at this point in time. Are there any other bets you were looking at this weekend, Sam? Real quick, just just to kind of go off of that point. Like, <laughs> I, no, I did want to. I did want to ask if if this season has been any different for you due to 
COVID and the unpredictability, the inherent unpredictability that comes with each week, really. Because, you know, obviously the Brown situation last week, um, you know, I just, you could get to a point where all of a sudden somebody tests positive on a Friday or Saturday. And if you had jumped all over a number earlier in the week and it's just, you know, completely, you, you go into the game ultimately with a number that, you know, looks completely different than the closing number. So I didn't know if you factored that in at all. I mean, it's nearly impossible to, but um, if it has had any impact whatsoever on how you gauge these games. It really hasn't changed that much in the NFL. I actually asked the bookmaker last night because we're sitting around waiting for the Ohio State COVID news to drop, not to get into college, but it was much tougher this year in college. I called the bookmaker right after kickoff and I said, what the Like, how do you guys keep up with this? Because an hour before kickoff, Ohio State announces that, hey, two of our starting defensive linemen are out. So for a bookmaker, if you've taken Alabama bets all week at seven and seven and a half and eight, eight and a half, and an hour before kickoff, that drops right at your feet, you have to move it. Some of these books moved to nine, nine and a half and 10, and then they had to write back the 10 on Ohio State. That same bookmaker did say, though, that they had their best NFL year in a decade. So I, I don't think... It was a, it, as big of an issue in the NFL because, remember, we do have injury reports and we do have practice lists in the NFL where you know if a guy's practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We don't have any of that in college. So the suppression of information was more prominent in college when these teams would hold on to this stuff all week long. They do their final COVID testing on Friday. They get the results on Friday afternoon. So they know who's playing and who's not, but they don't release it like – like an hour before kickoffs, hey, uh, we're out 22 guys. That didn't really happen in the NFL this year. So COVID, while it did affect every sport, and it will continue to until we get everything sorted out, it was much more drastic at the collegiate level where you saw at times 15, 20, 22 players being ruled out at the very last minute. In the NFL, we can monitor this stuff. We can see who's practicing and who's not. So the shifts weren't as drastic in the National Football League. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get that in there because sometimes we record this on Tuesday and then by the time, you know, the game goes off on Saturday or Sunday, we're looking at a completely different situation than when we made these picks. So I figured I'd give some people a little extra context. Yeah, I like your sweatshirt, Sam. Is that a rooster? It's a chicken, Andre. Oh, <laughs> oh chicken dinner, your podcast. Which is- wow, two plus two is four. Oh, on Nesson.com. All right, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sam. So, no, what were you saying, Andre? You, oh, I was just asking if he has any other bets uh, this week lined up. You guys will, yeah, you'll love this one. I love the New Orleans Saints. I think, you know, the narrative that, you know, they can't lose three times in a season, I think it's uh, like they can lose three times in a season, and they will lose three times in a season. Uh, defensively, Ricky started to hint at it. The defense for the Saints is why I like this matchup. Like, at this point in time, I think we can make a case for both quarterbacks. You know, I – I think they're interchangeable at this point. Brady's throwing a better deep ball, but Breeze has been more efficient, um, I think, since he's been back into the fold. Now, Brady has better numbers, but Brady also played the full season. So uh, at this point, I think the quarterbacks are a wash. We know home field, not as important. Um, I'm a little nervous. Here's where I get nervous because it is Brady in a dome that plays well to what Tampa Bay does. Remember last year, uh, New England lost that game outdoors to the Titans, and Brady's arm was completely dead. I think he's helped a little bit by the arena, uh, but this is a bet on the Saints defense more than anything else. And I can tell you, uh, this will be the public underdog of the week. 
this Trey will, Hendrickson. Yeah, this Trey will, Hendrickson. Everybody and their mother is going to take Tom Brady getting points on the road because he has more rings, he's got more championships, and because he can't lose three times in a season. The one, to, yes, he can. Like, what? What do you mean he can't lose three times in a season? Like the Saints are a better football team. Period. Trey Hendrickson might not play. So what? I, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> like you're really beating that drum. He led the uh, Saints in sacks. It doesn't matter. I'm taking the Saints. I like three. Everybody took the three and a half, and now it's at a good – like three is not a lot of points in the NFL. It's like, oh, that's a lot of points. No, it's not. A touchdown is seven. A field goal is three. If the Saints win by seven, would you guys really be all that stunned? Come on. I will, no, yeah. but I do think well, that – I, I do think it's a – this comes down to the final possession one way or the other. Okay. All right. I like the Saints minus three. And then I'm looking at that Ram side. I do agree with you, Andre, there. I'm looking at that. But it is early. I know you guys give all your picks out on Tuesday, like McConaughey and two for the money. You're making Sunday's picks on Tuesday. It's very tough to do that. I do think, though, uh, the Rams will get respected money as the week continues. And and on this point, um, or at this point, rather, I'm looking at Saints minus three. I do like that one a lot. And I'm leaning to the Rams, getting all those points. Packers could win by three, could win by four. They'll advance, but seven's a lot in a playoff game. Any uh, any thoughts on the the Chiefs in in regards to your previous stat about the number one seed and the potential to struggle early? I don't like laying big numbers in the NFL, Ricky, but I, I do think you guys had talked about this earlier about how the Chiefs might come out a little bit rusty. This could be one of those games where you might want to wait and bet it live if you like Kansas City. If Cleveland goes up seven to nothing or 10 to nothing, you can then get Kansas City very cheap on the money line, like minus 130, or maybe it's minus two or minus three at that point in time. So they've shown the tendency to go down in a lot of games this year, and they've been sort of bailed out by the best quarterback in the universe. I don't like laying 10. I think you can wait on the Chiefs. They go down early, blast them live, first quarter, second quarter. And another thing to note in this game, highest total on the board, open 54 and a half. And if you thought that was high, now it's 56. So it's already been bet up. I imagine that trend continues. We'll probably see some 57s. And then, of course, sharp guys will go under 57. But this is the highest total on the board. There's a reason Rams and Packers is 45, 46. And there's a reason this one's 56 right now, painted on the screen. All right. Very good insight, Sam. As somebody who uh, is on the Chiefs, I will I will wait then. I will go. I'll go live with it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll let you gentlemen go and have a uh, a terrific day. We'll be back next week for the uh, conference championship game. We are we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, it's crazy. I feel like we were just doing the preview episode a couple weeks ago, but alas, the season is winding down. Uh, for CMVP and Andre Cacciatore, and I'm Ricky Doyle. We'll be back next week. Yeah.